Joining me now to discuss the markets and get some stock picks here for you, David Dietz, Managing Principal and Senior Portfolio Strategist at PPAC Private Wealth Management. David, great to see you. I think it's been so wild how we had the big sell-off and then we've had four days of gains. The fact that we came in this Monday and tacked on to the three days of up arrows of last week, I mean, that may tell you something, if anything. What are your thoughts on this market back and forth and the recent upward move? Well, I think there's two things driving the market today. The most fundamental thing is that we're detecting increasing signs that we are perhaps past peak inflation. Um, uh, we are being set up here for an, in a CPI reading tomorrow morning. It sh could show that that headline inflation figure dropped 10 basis points, one-tenth of 1% 1 in the month of August, which would be great news following a flat reading in July. Now, the backdrop, of course, is the Federal Reserve, which ever since Jerome uh, Powell and Jackson Hole has gotten increasingly hawkish, and there's no question about it. The market is bracing for a three-quarters of 1% rate hike uh, next week. But the fact of the matter is, <laughs> the Fed ultimately follows the data. The, the, the data doesn't, um, isn't driven by the Fed. And so ultimately, we think that at a certain point, the Fed will realize, that in fact, inflation is softening here. And I think that's what traders are responding to. Of course, the other big news, Nicole, is you know great news uh, in, in terms of developments of the Ukraine-Russian uh, conflict, where it looks like the Ukrainians are getting some major counteroffensive successes. And of course, that takes, a, a, you know, suggests that potentially down the road, a big worry for the market is off, uh, perhaps uh, less. Uh, obviously, uh, that has a big factor in inflation, where ultimately perhaps the flow of energy is relaxed, the flow of the soft uh, commodities like wheat and so forth is relaxed. That's all great news. Yeah, understood. And I know you have energy names for us. In the meantime, as we're watching what's going on with energy, you know, with the potential energy crisis that already really has started in Europe, we'll have a lot to discuss here. So just to finalize your thoughts on the market, are you bullish or just cautious? And um, do you think the Fed does 75 and then two more hikes the rest of the year? Well, short term, we are cautious. I mean, you know, now people are anticipating this better than this this soft uh, inflation number. No one really knows what it is. Uh, there could be a buy in the rumor that, you know, four days in a row up and then sell when, in fact, the news comes out. We don't know for sure. But here's what I really like. We still have 10-year uh, Treasury yields very low. They're coming down again today. We seem to be past peak inflation. And we've got a market that's 18% below where it was in January. That's a nice setup. And of course, we're getting into the better seasonal parts of the year, particularly after the midterms. There's a lot, you know, some of my clients said, let's put more money to work the day after the elections. I'm saying, I think you're going to get a discount before the elections if you're willing to take the risk that you really don't know the results. But longer term, history shows it doesn't really matter what happens there. The market tends to, to move higher after the midterms through the end of the year. So we'd like to set up here. Right. OK, understood. So let's get to some of your picks here and why they're on your radar. Um, first and foremost, formerly Facebook, it's called Meta Platforms. Why are you watching this one closely and why is this a pick? You'd actually pick it up around these levels? So the big question is, is it a growth stock or is it a value stock? And it's really both. You know, first of all, I love the fact that you have now a 10% free cash flow yield. That's a value stock to me, also a unique property. There's no other media company that has a reach of about 
two billion people across the globe. If you're an advertiser, you've got to engage with Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Reels, and so forth to reach everyone. So it's a unique property. It's, it's very low capital uh, intensive. Um, what I like now is there is uh, a lot of concern with you know what the advertising market is going to look like. Obviously, it is a concern there, but to the extent that you know you still have a, a three handle on employment, you still have a growing GDP. I think people are going to continue to advertise on Facebook and so forth. Um, I also like the fact that Reels, which is their TikTok type of video, is making significant progress versus TikTok, and they also have the potential to rein in expenses with a smaller labor growth. And finally, the real shot across the bow, bow would be if. Zuckerberg starts to buy in stock, which at this price, I would recommend he does. I think that could take the stock up uh, much higher. Yeah, understood. Okay. And then uh, what, turning your attention to something totally different, and that is Anheuser-Busch. Why does this work? Why is this a good play? So this is one of your top five consumer products companies on the planet here. Um, you know, they have uh, most of the large beer brands around the, the world. And of course, the stock has come down 20% in the last year. So just on a valuation basis, it looks attractive. But you know, let's look at the risk. And one of the potential risks are, is a recession or a slowing economy. Beer is somewhat insensitive to inflation and to recession. People don't quibble over what they're paying for their beer. But what I like more is that they have a lot of the premium beers. Corona is an example. People aren't going to quibble over paying a little bit more for a better brand. It, for example, down in Brazil, they can't keep the Corona on the shelves. There's other developments coming up. For example, the World Cup in November that I think can drive beer sales. Anheuser-Busch, a good hedge on a volatile economy. Okay, that makes sense there. And um, you have Comcast and ConocoPhillips, too. Tell me a little bit about those two. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Comcast is a global media and tech company. They provide the Broadway and streaming to nearly 60 million customers. Over half of all Americans are part of their uh, broadband footprint. Um, you know, you basically get your fixed line internet from either the phone company or the cable company. If it's the cable company, Comcast has the business. It's got some of the best brands in the world, including NBC, Telemundo, Peacock. But the stock is down 25%. Uh, in the last five months, I think there is your opportunity. The Roberts family does nothing if not return money to shareholders. And Q2 paid out about $1.2 in dividends, $3 billion buybacks, 3% uh, dividend. And finally, uh, where are we? ConocoPhillips, we still think energy makes sense. Why? Here's this, the companies aren't investing in new resources the way they used to because of climate concerns, because of regulatory constraints. Yet the rest of us, the consumers, we're not in a position to wean ourselves off fossil fuels and go out and get an EV or shut off the gas to our homes. So you're going to have this disconnect between lower supply, still strong demand. And that's where I think the energy companies have a great role to play. ConocoPhillips was a great acquirer during uh, COVID-19. They picked up nice Permian assets. Um, and of course, they too are a big uh, distributor of their uh, profits to their shareholders. Uh, we could see about a 20% free cash flow yield and at least half of that return to shareholders makes a lot of sense. And of course, if geopolitics becomes a problem, if inflation rears its ugly head again, energy is a great place to be. Okay, and just like the end of the year, I mean, we're likely to be to the downside. We've had a tough first year. Obviously, we were saying the first two quarters were the worst in over 50 years. Um, even with a move up or a Santa Claus rally, what's the final thought here? 
<laughs> so the final thought is don't expect us to recover the first half losses in the second half, but I think we can finish higher. History is on the side of those who invest um, following the midterms. The third year of a presidency tends to be a good one. We've had, of course, bond markets the worst in 100 years, stock markets the worst since 1970 in terms of the first half. So I think the stars are aligned for a better market ahead. Remember, the valuations out there are below their 20-year average right now. Sure, no one's sure where inflation is going, but the last metrics we're seeing suggest that it's being in the rearview mirror, and eventually I think the Fed will get that message. Yeah, great to chat with you, David Dietz, PPAC Private Wealth Management. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Thank you, Nicole.